I am Riyad Hubala, and this is the Talk to Riyad podcast. I've been in FMCG grocery sales for over 10 years. I've worked for Imperial Tobacco, Kellogg's, and I'm currently at Brindisa Spanish Foods. I've successfully sold and listed lines in Sainsbury's, Waitrose, Boots, Planet Organic, and to independent retailers, Budgens, Londis, and Simply Fresh. In the last few years, I've noticed lots of product innovation on shelf from new and exciting brands. Some of these go on and become household names. Many only make it to a few stores and never see their full potential. To help young brands, I'll be talking to retailers, buyers, and food entrepreneurs. I want to hear what makes them decide to give a product a go on shelf, what supports they need from suppliers to improve sales, and I'll ask them to share best practices every brand should be doing to help get three things right, get on shelf, create sales, and make some profits. Let's begin. It'll be good, Patrick, if you say a bit about yourself and the store. Um, yes, my name's uh, Prasik Patel, but everyone calls me Patrick. Um, we've been here for over 40 years. My father started the business. Um, we're in Brockley, Lewisham, um, a lovely kind of family area. Um, we're a convenience store. Um, we're part of the group, which is Budgins. Uh, Musgrave Booker, over the years, it's changed various times. Um, but essentially, we're a family store, um, and we buy through budgets mm-hmm. um and within the area um it's quite a it's quite a commuter area um you know it's a very family orientated place um what about like the competition locally is worth giving a bit of context so that people can picture it sure um in the kind of vicinity of us um it's more independent shops where in the last three four years as uh, the area's got a bit more affluent, um, we've got more coffee shops, delis, and so forth opening, um, aiming at the higher higher end of the, the market. Um, and in terms of the kind of big four, five, which is changing as well, but in terms of those, there are a few uh, Sainsbury's local, Tesco Expresses. Mm-hmm. And in this area, kind of southeast, Co-op is probably the more aggressive out of all of them. Um, and they, they're popping up quite often everywhere i think it's worth like for our listeners patrick like you just mentioned there is more affluent and you've got there the delis um that are within your own vicinity i notice and we're now in patrick's store um where a lot of the convenience stores the fittings is all premium and you've got like sushi bars sandwich uh, areas butcher shops for you, what what do you think, in your opinion, that's driving that change? And that's a change that you've also applied to your own store. Well, I think it's more about it's not what you sell, it's how you sell it. So it's about the experience. Um, obviously, pricing is price is king, um, availability and so forth. But you have to give people um, a bit of an experience, a bit of a journey. And this is where um, it's obviously we talk about merchandising. So with that merchandising comes with, you know, it even comes with the right lighting, the right look of the store, the right color of the shelf. So it's all kind of, if you kind of add all these things together, that's hopefully what, you know, adds to an increase in sales. So it's a bit of everything, mm-hmm. you know, that goes in the potion, as they say. Um, and that's what kind of drives the sales. Well, I must say the store is beautiful and it's beautiful to be inside. So I guess having that journey within the store, the look and feel, is all and patrick by the way has a sushi bar 
yes. that, that is new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and going back to the young brands, the challenger brands, Patrick, how do you feel they will fit within this premium wave within the convenience sector? I think it's it works to the advantage of the younger brands because people are looking for something new. They're looking, people read the ingredients now on the back of a jar, what they buy. They're more interested in their body and that's hence they want to know what they're putting inside their body. So some of these young brands, which are a bit more expensive, but they're expensive because the quality of ingredients they use, um, they, they are the winner in this case. Um, and I think they're more, they're more likely ever than before where we were very set, you know, you get Heinz baked beans, so that's the only baked beans you'd eat, or Heinz is the only thing. That's not the case these days. People are very open, and people are very um, supportive to new businesses and especially local products or, you know, things that within the M25 or within the vicinity, but yeah. people are very open to the smaller trader in terms of support. Okay, that's interesting to hear. Um, with, with it though, so say like some of these young brands, sometimes when they've developed, I've had people say to me, well, they decided perhaps to go the online route first. They feel like that's immediate, quick, even though that in itself has its own challenges going online and it's very costly. But they may see it that coming on to a store, like your store, a convenience store that, um, there are different sets of challenges and perhaps it's much more harder. What would you say to that young entrepreneur, that young food brand? Well, it depends. It depends. There's, there's two schools of thought here. If it's all about money, then yes, put it online. Mm -hmm. The whole margin goes to you. You don't have to share it with anyone. Mm -hmm. But then in the sense of, yes, you're reaching the, the consumer database on online is infamous, is, you know, it's, it's a billion. But yeah. the thing is, how will that billion find your one product in the 10 trillion products that are online? It's very hard to, you know, for your product to stand out mm -hmm. on the internet unless you've got a, you know, celebrity, unless you've got a, you know, a, a, a strategy where you've paid a marketing company or a bit of luck, but a TikTok video or something. Yeah. You know, you need that. You need a bit of luck as well online. With a shop, you know, you have a set footfall during the day. You have that customer browsing that shelf space. Yes, it's minimal in terms of foot flow compared to online, but the customer is able to pick up the product, touch the product, mm -hmm. look at the ingredients, and then make a decision there and then. Also, what it is and what we dependent on, see, this all comes from the, the person who, the entrepreneur is pushing their product. We yeah. always say when you launch a new product, when I put my first order in, I, I always tie them in into tasting. Okay. Because why would a customer gamble a certain amount of money on a new product they don't know? If you have a taste of it and you mm. like the taste, you're 90% more chance of you selling that product. So if the, if the entrepreneur is uh, willing to put time and stand in the store yeah. and give out samples to the customer direct, mm -hmm. they'll be more willing to purchase to pick a product. It up. And that's something that we've had previously that tasting is a big, big, um, huge, yes, you know, opportunity huge. for them and for you guys is a big requirement to stock on shelf. How, how, with the route to market then to come to your store, how many suppliers overall, including the young brands or, you know, like outside of that, um, including young brands, how many would you say you work with? Oh, 
I think it's it's going to be over 60 plus. Okay. So let's say over, as you say, over 60 plus, how many of those would you say support young brands that you could easily pull that stock from? I think there's only probably about five or six, because when I say 60 plus, they're, they're, this is where we deal with the individual brand direct. Okay. Oh, I see. Including them. Including them. Yeah. So say we started a new, uh, a new pasta company. Yeah. Uh, fresh pasta baked. And it's quite expensive, but mm -hmm. we deal direct with them. Mm -hmm. and then they deliver it to us how, how do they in general how do they deliver to you do they use couriers or they come themselves they, and they come themselves which these days is a, it's a big cost for companies mm -hmm. it's the majority of the cost the logistics mm -hmm. is, is a huge cost but um obviously they, they must build it into their price you yeah know? as i said the past is a premium but it sells imagine that though like if how would they then reach a geographic area if they have to go there themselves and that person is probably making it in their kitchen well, you, even some of the cheese companies, they, they deliver it via FedEx. It comes in a chill box, yeah. you know, and it comes via FedEx. So it's all, there's, with, in this day and age, there's always a way to get your product yes. out there. And I think it's just about being creative and it's how, and obviously there is a premium sometimes, especially with the chilled end yeah. of the market. Ambience, obviously, very easy. Yeah, yes. But even the beer is sometimes a problem because you always get broken uh, damages. Yeah. Depends on your driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> How nice your driver is, or what moods he in. Uh, but it's like on the chill end. It's um, you know, it's a challenge. But you know, I order cheese every week. Yeah. Um, it's not a huge minimum. Uh, yeah. uh, ordering amount, uh, but they did over it. You know, next day. That's fantastic. So I guess if the if the entrepreneur has agreed it with you and then they then sort out their own logistics and they could deliver it directly and for you you just pick up the phone and place an order or you do it online yeah yeah i mean it's, look, we're all business people and when someone walks in the shop you know i say look uh, how, how am i doing you know in terms of am i a big part of your business or not yeah. and then that gives me the bargaining chip yeah. you know like i say to people give me a minute i don't like paying uh, delivery fees yeah that's one thing i really am against so I'll say to them, give me a minimum ordering yeah. amount and I'll hit your minimum order. Yeah. And but don't charge me a delivery fee. Because that see. just takes away from my margin. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, by meeting the guy in the middle, if I order five boxes more, he's able to make up some of that cost that he's bearing. Cool. And what about some of the other known suppliers, like to the trade? Would you say would you have names top of your head that support young brands where some of our listeners may reach out to them and think perhaps they could then hold stock and distribute it? Have you noticed any that within their catalogs that you could pick up a young brand? Um, I think you've got these uh, three, four, like the Sumers, the CLFs, these guys. I yeah. think at the moment, the markets change a lot, mm -hmm. obviously, especially on the health organic side. Unfortunately, a few companies have gone under. And I think that's put pressure on the existing wholesalers yeah. uh, to meet the demand of um, retailers like myself, you know, where on one hand supply has dropped yeah. because the whole some wholesalers have gone under. And on the other hand, demand has increased as people's lifestyles have changed. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a, you know, um, it's a bit of a tricky situation, but these companies are willing, I think, uh, to give products a chance because they're always also looking for the next, the next best thing big, yeah next big thing um so it's in their interest um you know to support these guys okay and for you patrick what would, what would you advise a young brand to do like when they come to store or how to drive their products what's your advice to a young brand 
I think um, you know it's it's so difficult out there. Um, it's a very competitive market at the moment. But in terms of getting out there, I think it's time. You have to put the time in, and you have to put the effort in. Um, you know, there are companies that hire you know hire agents or hire people on their behalf mm. to go out. And the thing is, no matter what the brand is, when someone walks into my shop. I'm not looking at what product he's holding. I'm looking at the person who's walked in, mm. because firstly, I I have to have he has to buy me in. I see as a person. Yeah. And if I'm if he's got my attention as a person, then I'm then looking at the product. Yeah. You know, it, it's really it's got to be both, and it's just yeah. like me with the customer. Yes. You know, if the customer is not getting the service from me, they're not going to come back a second time. Yeah, I might have the product. Yeah. Yeah, but if if I'm not there with that human touch, and this is what it is with the new products, is some of them are fantastic, but sometimes you know, some of the new brands have got to realise some of these uh, well-established, you know, say even for some of the budgets yeah. that you know go around, you know, they, they've been there 20, 30 years. So if someone walks in and tries to tell us what's going on, we're like, come on, you know, meet me halfway. Or, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's like we, we know what we're selling. Yeah. Uh, we know our market our market as in our footstep our neighborhood yes so we know we know what sells so yeah. really it's from the entrepreneur side either he has to have a fantastic team yeah you know who go represents the brand really well which i've seen with some of these younger brands these organic brands you know they'll have you know really young energetic quirky people who go yeah. out there you know yeah some of these beer brands you know some of these ale guys who come in they're really funny yeah. They're, they're a bit weird to be honest. But that, but that <laughs> weird in a good way, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that works. You know, yeah. they, but they, but first thing is they're just really polite. Yeah. You know, you know they're a bit soft. They're polite, but it's so it's really just how that first connection is. Yeah. You know? People buying to people, isn't yeah. it? You know, yeah. that's what it is, and that's who I'm buying from. You know, yeah. it's you know you know, and this is this is the main thing. You know, we've got to look after each other. And with these new brands, as long as they look after, obviously, I understand from their point of view, they're coming from a nil balance sheet. Yeah. So they're trying to build a balance. Yeah. And it's tough. You know, I'm really, I really, you know, it really is tough. But I think once the word gets around, then, you know, yeah, they do well. But it's really, they've got to put the, you know, the effort the, in, the, you know, the miles in on the floor, you know. And what would you say, like, from those that you've seen, I guess from what you've said, we can make it. But what would you say if there's one thing that, when they do fail, what is the biggest cause of that failure? I think it's just taking their eye off the ball. I think sometimes, you know, the reason companies fail is because they rely on other people selling their product. It's your product. What's you it? go out there, you sell your product. At the end of the day, if sales aren't coming in, what's stopping you from walking into my door with a six pack in the back of your bag? Knocking a, knocking a pound off and say, buy this for me now. But people <laughs> don't do that. We used to have agents in the old days, yeah. you know, they'll be supplied by the big companies and they'll come in. And this, like this woman, she still turns up now and then. And she needs an, she's an agent for the bigger, she, for an agency, but she yeah. sells on behalf of the big companies. Yeah. And she'll come up with some wacky products and, you know, but because now we've got that rapport, yeah. very, only 1% chance I won't buy offer. Even if I don't want it, I'll buy an offer yeah. because we've got that relation. Yeah, you've known each other for a long time. If, if your product's not selling, just hit the streets. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you'll have a list of what the best shops are, what the independent shops are. So this is what I think, you know, because 
we say that these big wholesalers, you know, are promoting all these products, but they don't have they don't have their agents coming out promoting your individual product, do they? Yeah. You've got to come out and shout about it yourself. Well, and to know if there's any problem and try and fix it. I said, and like, you know, as I said, sampling, I mean, yeah. in shops like these, you have 90% of the people are the same people every day. You yeah. know, you get a certain demographic or part of that crowd in and they buy into your product. Yeah, you know, it's consistent. It's consistent. You've got a winner and you can start. That's your first foundation, your building block. Patrick Patel, thank you for coming on board. No problem. I love <laughs> you, man. Always good to have you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers, all.